It's the end of October, and in this episode, we discuss the upcoming celebrations of All Saints Day, or the Feast of the Saints, on November 1st, and All Souls Day on November 2nd, which is a day to commemorate loved ones who have passed away. We discuss the traditions in Mexico and Italy and the foods that are part of the feasts. At the end of the show, we feature a recipe Vanessa made called Biscotte Toto, which are wonderful chocolate-flavored cookies. For recipes from the show, please reference our show notes. You're listening to Sharing the Flavor, a show that connects you with flavor and how to create it. In this show, we connect you with recipes, cooking techniques, and show you a little bit of the science of cooking to help make you a successful cook so you can share flavor with your friends. I'm your host, Andy Gebby. In this episode, we discuss Dia de los Muertos in Mexico and All Souls Day in Italy. We discuss the traditions and the wonderful sweets that are part of it. So come join us on a discussion of celebrations and sweets. We are uh, getting close to, in the U.S., uh, Halloween, but we're not here to talk about Halloween. We're actually here to talk about yeah. All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And I think a lot of people in the United States uh, aren't as connected, let's put it this way, with those as folks that are from uh, Latin uh, Latin and Catholic origins. Um, you know, the and, but, uh, and this is these, these um, holidays, because I do believe, Giovanni, All Saints Day is a national holiday in Italy, isn't it? In Italy, almost every other day is a national holiday. So yeah, oh yeah, there's that. As well it's as an old be. national holiday, one that as well as it respects. The the Italians know By how to way, live. Hmm. Andy, I'm not, let's let's not you know I'm not underestimating a good <laughs> Halloween <laughs> scare and and haunted house, and that's really cool, particularly in October when things, at least in the north, are cold. It's, it's actually, I mean, I'll I'll I'll, 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 I'll segue briefly sense. to that because I it is actually very cool here, and you know the Midwest and, and areas when the leaves fall and, you know, the you know, Halloween the spooky houses and things like that. And it's cool, you know, that, that we do that, but that's, you know, that's what we know about Halloween and trick or treating. But I, you know, doing this research for all saints day, I think it's very, very neat, both all saints day and then directly following it on November 2nd, all souls day. And it's, it's, it's celebrated in Italy. It's celebrated in Latin countries, we have uh, Dia de los Muertos. And so I think probably what I want to do is maybe start with Vanessa, because, I mean, you've you've grown up with this and Giovanni, obviously, you've experienced it directly in Italy. So how about we start in uh, Latin America? So we didn't actually grow up with it in New Mexico. It, it It's something that came to at least to New Mexico uh, when I was probably in my... I would say I became aware of it in my my probably my mid twenties. Um, it's 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 very much a thing in Mexico. Um, you you see, and but from what I understand, it it only kind of became big again fairly recently as well. Um, I was actually having this discussion with another friend of mine the other day about it, and it was you know a lot of it comes from the influx of um, of Mexican immigrants to this country. It's one of the one of the traditions that they brought with them, and I definitely see a, co- a connection between you. Like you see a lot of the imagery about Day of the Dead. You see the skeletons or calaveras as they're called, and you see a lot of imagery of them with um, 
with like a, a hat, which is called La Catrina, because death is considered a female in the Mexican culture. So you have La Catrina, and you we see the, the skeleton with the big fancy hat on her head. And La Catrina means like just a fancy lady. And then you also see the skeleton with the rose in her hair. And that's actually very much tied in with the uh, Frida Kahlo. Because there are several images of Frida Kahlo where she has a rose in her head. But Frida, because of her, her, her frequent illnesses, was very connected to just the death culture in general. She, I think you could argue she, uh, she definitely, you know, was very close to death many times in her life. So there's a lot of death imagery in her artwork and that sort of translated into kind of a connection with Day of the Dead. So you see a lot of that connection. Um, so yeah, so I sort of think they kind of came, um, they were, they were, I wouldn't say they came together, but they definitely, I became aware of them kind of in conjunction with one another. And so, but no, I mean, we didn't, we, we, we observed, the concept of All Souls Day when I was growing up because we were Catholic and I went to Catholic school, so we would go to Mass. But we didn't celebrate it in the same way that the traditional Mexican Day of the Dead is celebrated. That was something that, you know, we kind of have adopted. And it's a wonderful tradition. I, I love the idea of remembering the people who have died with food and drink and, you know, the altars and the flowers and the candles and the incense. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, so that's very much how Day of the Dead is celebrated. It's a It's a big, huge celebration in Mexico, from what I understand. There are places that really go crazy. There's a place in, um, I forget the state it's called, but it's, um, it's this, this town is called Atlixco, A-T-L-I-X-C-O. And they're very well known for, they, one of their, one of the places that harvest marigolds, which are marigolds oh, are really? the flowers that you always see on the altars for Day of the Dead. And you can, in Spanish, it's called, or it's actually an ancient Aztec word, it's called Simpatsuchil. And that means that that's the marigold flower, the flower of the dead. I believe it's what it means. Like, don't quote me on that. If anyone's listening, don't call in and yell at me. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, and that's interesting. We'll get mm -hmm. to it when we get to Italy, but Italy has theirs too. But we'll get to that when okay, we get to Italy. Cool. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea behind the altars, the altars are called ofrendas, offerings, really. And so, you know, on the altars, you put photos of the people who have died as a way to remember them. And then... For All Saints Day and All Souls Day, what you do is you light your candles and you put your marigolds or your sempasuchil, and then you burn incense, which is called copal, and then you put their favorite food and their favorite drinks. And so the idea is that you sort of create this beacon of light and smell and sound and food and Neat. drink to sort of bring their spirits back. Um, it's, so it's actually it, so really, is the really idea cool. to in, Is the mm -hmm. idea to invite them to the meal, yes. to join and celebrate them? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's neat. I mean, death is, is, you know, I mean, death can be considered another aspect of life if you think about it that way. I, I certainly do. You know, I think it's just another phase in the cycle of life. And then that's very much, I think, the, the mentality behind um, behind Day of the Dead. That There's a favorite quote I have. There's a Mexican writer by the name of Octavio Paz, and he wrote a book called El Labirinto de la Soledad, which means a labyrinth of solitude. Para el habitante de Nueva York, París o Londres, la muerte es palabra que jamás se pronuncia porque quema los labios. El mexicano, en cambio, la frecuenta, la burla, la acaricia, duerme con ella, la festeja. Es uno de sus, de sus juguetes favoritos y su amor más permanente. And basically what that means is that he's talking about his own culture of Mexi you know, Mexico. Mexicans see death in a very different way. You know, most people, the, the word death is, is spoken like it's something that burns your lips. In other words, like it, it's painful, like right. death, you know. 
Yeah, but it's the, the unspoken you know, thing. Exactly. But whereas, you know, he's, you know, he's talking about his own culture, the Mexican, you know, in, in sharp contrast, you know, sees death as like something to play with and something to dance with. And you joke about death and you play with death and, you know, you sleep with death and death. He says, you know, death is basically one of the Mexicans most beloved playthings and their most permanent love, which I think is such a beautiful way of expressing, yeah. of expressing, you know, feelings toward toward death. So anyway, and so one of the foods that's very well known for El Dia de los Muertos is called pan de muerto, which is literally bread of the dead. And it's this, hmm. it's like a, it's kind of like a very heavy, dense loaf. And it's, you know, sugar, of course, it's sweet because the idea is, you know, you want to have sweet things to draw the dead back. But it's also kind of a contrast, you know, there's some, you know, death can be very bitter. So you want to have emphasize the sweetness of life as well. And so pan de muerto always has anise and it always has orange. And um, you can, you know, people make it in different shapes. It really just depends on where you are. You can make a just a, a round cake. You can make a loaf, like a piece of bread. Some people shape it into different things. Some people make skeleton shapes. It's really up to Neat. you. So, and then that's, um, that's very much a part of the, the altar for El Dia de los Muertos as well. Why do you think, I mean, because this notion of Central uh, American cultural, uh, we're talking about thousands of years, mm -hmm. a massive fascination with death mm -hmm. and layers of existence, including death. Uh, how much of, do you think, uh, of, say, Mexican current is influenced by that history? Or is there something else in the color, the topology, the geography? Mm -hmm that extends all the way back because it's a long deal. And this yeah. doesn't extend when you go south of the equator, particularly when you get things like Argentina, Chile, et cetera, or American mm -hmm. Indians there. Yeah. Or in the Northern American Indians. Um, well, I don't, um, I didn't grow up in Mexico, so, so I can't really say, but I can tell you what I, what I think and what I've learned from some of my research. Um, you know, the, as the ancient Aztec culture informs a lot of the, the, you know, a lot of the culture of Mexico, a lot of the beliefs. In mm -hmm. fact, there are some people who believe that the origin of Pan de Muerto came from one of the traditions of the ancient Aztecs because they were very much into appeasing the gods of the, of the afterlife. So blood sacrifices right. were a huge thing. And there are some historians that think that the ancient Aztecs made a cake of honey and they would infuse it with the blood of some of their sacrifices, and then they would consume it. And that was meant to be an, a sacrifice to, the, you know, an honor in honor of the gods of the afterlife. And so I kind of, it's interesting to think that, you know, a cake that was infused with blood that was made in honor of the gods of the afterlife has sort of evolved into, you know, part of the commemoration of, of death and the afterlife in, in the Mexican culture. And again, I am not a historian, so, you know, this is just my own informal studies and research that I've done. As far as the why, it's like we were saying, um, you know, different cultures see death differently. I think you could mm -hmm. make an argument that depending on how prosperous or not prosperous a place is, you're going to have maybe a little less or a little more respect for life. Um, you're going to see death in a very different way. I can't really, I don't know. I can't really explain that. I do know that the American culture in general, tends to see death very differently than maybe the Latin American culture does. Um, 
And I sort of think that that's why you sort see sort of a cohesion now of the ho- the holiday of Halloween, which itself is sort of an evolution from, you know, Samhain. And as you were talking about earlier, Giovanni, um, you know, these celebrations of the end of a, of a season, the death of a season, if you will, and the beginning of another season. And they all tend to fall in the autumn, like, you know, mm-hmm. the Dia de los Muertos, All Saints Day, All Souls Day. And then another interesting aspect uh, specific to All Saints and All Souls Day for Mexico is that those, um, those, are actually hol- those are actually holidays of the Catholic Church, but they were originally, you know, because of the proximity to the autumnal equinox, those were just um, holidays that, yeah. celebrated by the indigenous tribes. And when the Catholic church, you know, went into Mexico and, and other countries and were quote unquote converting <laughs> the tribes to Catholicism, what they did was they would, um, they would put several Catholic holidays in conjunction with days that were celebrated by the indigenous tribes and to try and, you know, kind of create this cohesion and this familiarity Mm -hmm. and this connection between them. And and that it was, I guess, a lot easier to convert people when you were still honoring several of their, their indigenous feast days. Again, I'm not a historian. This is just what I've read, but it it makes sense. Yep. I I read similar things where it was actually, I think it was actually changed from, like springtime to autumn because of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is not a podcast about Christmas, but if you think about what the Bible says about, you know, Christmas and when Jesus was born, you know, you talk, the Bible mentions shepherds. And so they were obviously out with their lambs. So to me, that indicates it was springtime, but the birth of Jesus is traditionally commemorated in December. So there you go. Yeah. But getting back to getting back to the celebration part of this with me, and I find it really interesting that, you know, the the celebration of well, so going back to All Saints Day it seems like All mm-hmm. Saints Day is very much about Mass. It's very much about um, you know celebrating of the celebrating of the saints. In fact, they say the writings go back to was it six oh nine A.D. when some of the earliest mentions of All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. But it's that seems like that's a very much an observation day by the church, visiting families, uh, exchanging gifts. But then All Souls Day is is really commemoration of loved ones mm-hmm. and and celebration of loved ones and celebrations of their lives and what they mean to them. What I thought was interesting when you mentioned about uh, marigolds, uh, Vanessa, mm-hmm. in, in Mexico, in Italy, it's chrysanthemums. Mm-hmm. So chrysanthemums are, are part of All Souls Day. They're part they're part of of this it, since it's an, an autumnal flower of putting that at the grave sites of loved ones, and it's a, and that's actually a flower that's traditionally not given um, as a gift, right? Because it has no. a very specific purpose. Yes. you can mm-hmm. if you hate somebody. There's actually a, <laughs> a tradition <laughs> that I read about. I don't know that it's still practiced anymore, but in the um, the um, the pre-Civil War days in uh, New Orleans because of the fact that so many of the graves are are buried above ground because New Orleans itself is below sea level. Uh, there was a tradition among the very Catholic Creoles that they would go on All, Saint, all Souls Day and they would wash and clean the graves in all of the cemeteries there. And they would have picnics and they would decorate the graves with flowers, usually chrysanthemums as well. So I thought was an interesting connection with that as well. But I don't know that that's really done anymore. But it, I, I thought that was another interesting, you know, just commemoration of of death and All Souls Day and, you know, all these different traditions that the Catholic Church has 
has kind of brought with its <laughs> with its expansion. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of the in terms of food, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff from from uh, uh, Dia de los Muertos food? Because I have a bunch of things from mm-hmm. from Italy. Mm-hmm. Well, the main thing, uh, the the biggest thing, probably the thing that everybody is most familiar with is pan de muertos. Or some people call it uh, pan de los muertos. The bread of the dead is what I call it. It's what I've always known it as, pan de muerto. And like I was saying before, it's it, it's this traditional cake that's made uh, and it's placed on the altars or the ofrendas and it, it has orange and anise flavors and it can be shaped into different things depending on what region you know, you're know you from. Or even if you, like me, I made it, I made one last week and I put it in a cake pan that was shaped like a skeleton. So I'll share a picture of it. I think it looks, <laughs> I think it looks pretty good. I was quite, I was quite impressed with it. And I decorated nice. it with marigolds, which you can cool. or can't do if you don't. I mean, it's up to you completely. But um, that's probably the food that is the most well-known that's associated with uh, El Dia de los Muertos um, in Mexico. <coughs> the altars. You can also put somebody's favorite food and drink. Um, my dad always liked uh, Spanish wine. So I always put a bottle mm-hmm. of Spanish wine on my altar for him. Then, of course, I drink it in his honor. So, <laughs> But I always Dang. pour him a little glass. Peace to his soul. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. Andrew, I didn't want to interrupt. What I was trying to get before as Vanessa was speaking is that the, the particular story I didn't know uh, of where perhaps uh, a long time ago they made a bread of honey and blood, which is really cool. And that is that uh, there's a massive power of, I think, story of narrative. And that's why I was asking, why is it perhaps that you've got this long history really you know, playing with dead. And and one thing, for example, which they did when they were invaded is to, which shocked some of the very causal, cause and effect priests that came down is that we were going to shoot A, B, C, and D of the church. Mm-hmm. And they would take that story. Remember, we're talking about narrative, about oral, oral traditions here. Right, right. And then they would literally incorporate all these holidays into um, into their story, into their religious myth. And so it's really sticky. And so if the central theme is regarding death, it can remain really sticky in a, in a really neat way. Uh, that's kind of what I was getting to and why that's maybe different than what we've learned when we grew up because we don't have that sort of stickiness of information that's been expressed. And the food you make is an adjustment to that, like that marvelous bread made out of honey and blood, if it's true. That's just terrific. I thought so. And as you well. have the similar things. That's I was thinking I might make that hope. next year, blood um honey blood cake. So if either of you want to contribute some blood, just send it my way. <laughs> I'll, I'll incorporate it. Uh how about some ratafia, which is cherry liquor, which is nice and there red you go. And maybe yeah, could work go. with or no uh uh, 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 uh well, for heaven's sakes, I'm old and Alzheimeric. That red liquor. Are you talking about? Uh, well, she was in Swiss. No, it wouldn't work with honey. Forget it. Hmm. Well, but then again, some real blood would be cool. But then, would it be any good? Exactly. Well, how about uh, so uh, talking leaders. a little bit about the the Italian side of things? Um, so looking at uh, All Souls Day, I, and and we can look look at some of the traditional. I'm gonna 
I'm actually going to bring up a couple of things here, Giovanni. Yes. And that's one of the things which I find fascinating and is how then food in different places can come to support uh, traditional cultural expression and story. Yeah. And well, it's a big difference then in belonging because you belong to an idea. And that's much different than what um, as centralized production, centralized industry became really pushed in the U.S. We decided to, to make it into something commercial. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of story and, and how do I say, story, remembrance, tradition, you know, inviting the loved ones back type of thing. Um, I, I, I just think this is all very cool. One of the things I was going to instead in, Instead for us, now if we simply go, yes, <laughs> everyone knows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the... I don't know. I don't know who thought up that music thing, the, the the track, but that was effectively well done. Oh, it was completely well done. Don't forget tubular bells from The Exorcist. That was really good. Oh, that's that was yes. that's the best that's in my tune. opinion. Mm-hmm. That, that that was pretty. Yeah, between that and Halloween and mm-hmm. stuff, those were just those were just incre- incredibly well done, incredibly frightening, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> well done. So Giovanni, one of the first things I want to ask about All Saints Day is is cheche con le, uh, con le costine, which is a soup made of chickpea, celery, carrot, onion, and pork rib. And I thought this was uh, an interesting. I don't know if you've heard of this, but uh, this no, was I, one of the ones that they talked. Carnevale, what? Well, they but they talk about it's also during All Saints Day. That's that's that could well be. It could well be. Uh, and this was like in Liguria and Piedmont. It could well be. Uh, Piedmont is more to do with again cookies and most of the things we offer for the dead to give them solace. Or sweets um, between the day the first and the second are sweets, as Vanessa uh, talked about, and many of those sweets um, are just like um, Vanessa's bread. Mexican bread are shaped in different ways to make it seem like they're bones or such. I'm afraid that I don't know anything about that soup. Well, and so that when you talk about the the bones, was it fava under the almond, almond says fava de morti? Yeah, and that's the piemonte from the second bread, and they that's that's one of the. They're all basically mixes of nut, almond uh, paste, often dried figs because we're at that part of the year, uh, chocolate if it's time for that, uh, uh, honey. Etc. All in, all mixed up in different ways no in blood? different places. You have terrone napoletano <laughs> with hazelnuts and chocolate. Uh, you have uh, what what the different forms of the cookies that Vanessa made. Uh, actually, not really. You've got more interesting recipes in the south because, of course, southerners just. I was I was going to get to it. some of those because the in Naples, the, this is one that I found was interesting. Is is osa osa de morti, which is oh, the, bones. the bones. Nice. Yeah, that's just straightforward almond paste. Yeah. That's just like the fruit, uh, just like the Sicilian fruit. And then they also and if it's here, well done and well worked, it's delicious. Was it rame di Napoli? Yes, those are the cookies, and different versions of them are made all over the place. Same deal. But what I didn't know, which is cool, uh, is actually in Abruzzo, they've had uh, the equivalency of our jack-o'-lanterns for quite some time. You really? Would put, <laughs> you'd hollow out a pumpkin, and you would put a candle in it, and that would help 
you don't have to make the scary faces. They did that in in, in um, you would put the what in it? The scary. Fa- they put a cat. candle. So in a group, so they would they would make a jackal. I thought you said put a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that we're holding no. on to because no. that's no. Was, a, was a poor a place. It was a poor. It was a poor place. Let's put a cat in a pumpkin. Perfect. I could It was a poor place, but. But that would be pretty good. I got putting a cat in, in a nice roasted <laughs> cat. Awesome. So, so, that, so in a breed, so they would actually make a jack o' lantern. They would actually put a candle for quite some time, and they'd put it to guide to guide the dead to. Um, and they'd also put candles in the window, but the the hollowed out pumpkin with a candle in it, and because it's right next door, farther south. Uh, the jack-o'-lanterns, which is actually more, it's not just a carved a pumpkin, but they'd actually put in, uh, uh, like Shakespearean, they'd put in like, like branches for, for arms. Really? And they would put a candle in as well. That's the other thing which I'm pretty sure I'm imagining that in, 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 in Vanessa's traditions as well, you have the importance of light and heat. Well, Vanessa, uh, you were mentioning that. It's the idea of dead, creating scent, dead, light, back. everything surrounding mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you want to create a beacon. You want to draw them back by engaging their senses in as many ways as possible. So you have the light, you have the sense, you have the sounds, you uh, have the candle, the candles, well, your then it's food. Different. Then it's different because actually, at least in Abruzzo and another place in Italy, it's a, divi- it's a div- dividing, but it's a division. Uh, the sort of more famous story in Abruzzo is that you have uh, someone passing along the street and he sees uh, a church very well lit, and you're not supposed to. Oh, that's one thing. Well, we'll get back to that afterward. Uh, he walks into the church, and it's really weird. And it's the first of November the evening, and he sees it packed with people. But then he realizes they're all dead people. And then someone stands up and says to him, my boy, uh, you really don't belong here. This is a mass only for the dead. And uh, as long as the lights are on, it'll be okay. But if you... The lights come out. You will die of fear of being here with the dead. And in fact, in Abruzzo, the one place you're not supposed to go, and actually much of Italy, is to church on really? the first of November. Wow! November. You go to the you go to the cemetery on the second of November, and you bring yes okay. flowers. So 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 um, on the second of November, church is not a place you go to. You go would you go there the first of November for All Saints Day, but All Souls Day, no. Uh, pretty much nowadays, everyone forgets the church and goes to the and brings flowers to um, to 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 their their loved ones. But the common thread is that it it is via food as well, asking you to expand what you belong to and what belongs to you. And it's kind of a lovely thing, and you're allowed to indulge in the people you miss. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought some of, as They're I still here. some of the things, yeah. Some of the things I was reading, Giovanni, was one was about um, uh, in let's see here. Well, setting a place for uh, loved ones that have passed on at the dining table, leaving bottles of water oh. or wine oh, for them. Right. In, I mean, quickly in Calabria, they actually you're supposed to put the table over the tomb. Really? Yep. And have a they're they're southern a massive banquet. That's really cool. So you, they would actually have a banquet right there at the. You put the table over the tomb. Neat. <laughs> and and I thought I thought this was interesting. In Sicily, children leave their shoes outside. While yes, praying. that's one of those deals. Not just in Sicily, by the way. And that is also in honoring um, the children who are gone. 
So, so um, I'm going to mention here about well. Sardinia, where where families would have banquets and would not. And what they would do is they would have, have a banquet and not clear their table overnight to as so as, if, a, as a way of uh, providing for those that have passed on. So Fred comes on and visits. He can have a good a good meal, and in exchange, he or she or, or Mary will leave uh, offerings for the kids, usually in sweets and and, and stuff like that. So they'll have um, wine and water and and food and leave some extra sweets for the kids. So you were mentioning about or gifts uh, or toys. You were mentioning about um, this is also a time to help those in need. So can you tell that Giovanni about the pockets? Because I think that's maybe where we got maybe where we kind of I don't know got the influence here in the United States because people bring mm. trick or treat they bring a sack Probably or something. Probably not. But I thought the Probably pocket not, was I mean. a really interesting idea. Uh, the trick or treat, I don't think so. I mean, going from house to house, yes. There, in some regions, you are you can go from house to house and ask for offerings because we've finished the, uh, like everywhere else in the world, you finish the the reaping, sowing. I'm sorry, you, you, harvesting, and wealthier people are meant to give in much of of Italy, and so. There's no, there's no risk of a tri- of a trick, but if you're wealthy, you're supposed to give something back to the community and those people who can't have anything. So in some places they have, uh, you're supposed to offer, if you have a cantina, you're supposed to offer wine. If you have uh, extra food, you give it to, to who needs it. Uh, the poor are allowed to go from house to house asking for offerings. And the thematics change from region to region, but it's always in that direction. It is more, however, uh, in the south and in the northeast, and that's important because we are talking about agricultural and and relatively poorer and historical places. It was actually wealthier and more bureaucratic toward the north and sense. northwest. So northwest more bureaucratic, like in areas like that in the breadbasket and harvest areas. This is more. This has more importance, obviously, and also probably where. Uh, Fundamental aspects of life have to do with the field, the land, the place. I did so not come across anything out. about sea and how this is honored at the sea time. And I wish I should have looked where I found nothing about that, which is maybe not surprising. Now, one of the things is I, I also found that as I was researching some of the suites, there is uh, the uh, almonds, I guess, play a part in this. And there's, there's also like a, a thing of the shape of cookies, um, to, was it, was it with the fava bones. bean? Uh, uh, that's the fava bean, but you can make the base and you make it in the bones. And yes, by the way, and this will make Vanessa laugh. They're called the stinchetti, the little ham hawk, the little hawks of, of, <laughs> of the dead, the little ham, not ham hawks. They're stinky, stinchetti. They're meant to look like calves, calf bones. And they're made out of, out of almond paste. Cats and, uh, or calves, like sweets. somebody's leg. Like someone's leg, hear. like my stinko. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, like stinko. And they're called little. They're called little caps, little stinketti. Oh, okay. little hawks. Which I was delighted to hear, by the way. <laughs> but all cool. of them are, are, you know, and there are other different things. But I'm sure you looked at the recipes. Uh, they're all basically mixes of sweet things. Easily done. And there you see all the pictures. It's the same deal. Then there are some things from Naples, particularly. Remember, Naples is, was 
in the development of this stuff, Naples was a very wealthy town. It was probably the wealthiest city in Italy for a long for for, for a while. Interesting. Okay. This is not Italy, you know, from twentieth um, uh, century. This is Italy preceding. So where these things came a few from. A few other things that have come up. I mentioned about the chickpea soup, and we talked about. So there's also was it fave di morti, despite their name meaning beans of the dead. So that's the Umbrian Umbrian cookies, and as usual, again almonds, uh, sweet. Sugar, honey. Blood? Same deal. You just mix things together. Blood? Blood would be cool, but I'm thinking that that's why it's sort of too bitter. This is, death isn't bitter. It's bitter, but in a, in a, in an ending way, <laughs> melodramatic way. I, I think we should and start a trend. I think we need to start incorporating more blood into food. I really do. There you go. You know, just going to yeah. add that little, we, like little hint of. It's like essence well, of blood. Yes. Have you had blood sausage? Yes, when I was in Spain. There you isn't go. It, isn't it good? It really is. In my opinion, it's really good. Morcia? It was all right. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, of the, the, the taste of metal in general, so I wasn't too crazy about it, but it wasn't too horrible. I've had worse. It has to be incorporated with a good amount of skill, but they make some pretty good blood sausages in Italy, too. Fava beans. Okay, Dr. Lecter. <laughs> Are you going to eat that with some fava beans and a nice Chianti? A nice Chianti? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm Mr. Silence of the Lambs. We'll just call him Dr. You Lecter know, from now on. It's fava beans oh, and it's Silence of the Lambs. So we're looking for multiple channel of the Bruce. And not a good at, at most of the Montalcino, but not a Chianti. It's not even Chianti. It's um, Amaro or Amarone. Not oh, even, it's no, not that's, Chianti. That's wrong. That's just wrong. I'm not saying I didn't thank write it. Don't get you, mad at me. Thank I'm you for telling me that. No, thank you, you for telling me that. And it's just that that's not that it's just wrong, but that's way too overwhelming. Fava beans are so good with a, just a quick table red. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, can you imagine? I personally would love to have the possibility. Of having with my father, my deceased father, uh, a good bottle of multiple, just not inexpensive, just a good bottle of fresh red wine with good fava beans, some good bread and good cheese. <sighs> it would be it would be perfect. And some fegata de chingale. No. What's that? What's that? It's a liver, fegato. <laughs> no, just sweet. Fava well beans and, and a good pecorino. Yeah, I'm the horror aficionado here, so. <laughs> I was going to say, if we if we need to talk about like Silence of the Lambs, etc., etc. <laughs> so in terms anyway. of, I think that's. Let me. I'm going to go through if there is if there is any other standouts here. I did think that there was definitely in southern. Italy and Sicily and Naples, a lot of sweets. Well, the Terrone uh, from Naples, which I did not know about, by the way, is probably quite delicious. It's I'm sure you saw the recipe somewhere. Maybe you don't say it. I don't see it anywhere Torone? on your list. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not that dissimilar. Do you recall that it's not the same deal, but the Torone, the Torone Bruzzese that I, sent you, that I used to send you at Christmas time? Yep. It's which not, I'm wondering if that's where basically the recipe sort of comes largely from because it's it's that kind of deal. It doesn't have the nugget in it, yeah. but it does have 
It's a rich hazelnut and mixed chocolate deal. And I'm pretty sure none of it made it to the dead. That was certainly all eaten. But it's most like of the rest of them are pretty much... By the way, the pan de morti in, 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 um, in Lombardia, which is largely where it's from, it's not like hers. It's just another straightforward chunk of stuff mm. meant to get away with you know, high calories. I don't like it, personally. <laughs> I've had a whole bunch of different you, kinds You don't of like torone? No, torone, yes, but not pan de morti. It's, you know, oh, it's, not pan de morti. It's just yeah. stuff and not even with a good chiani. <laughs> there you go. There we go. There we go. You see it. It's just kind of there, and I don't know. I, could, I would. I would. I would have. You know. I would have pandemorti with Chianti or with uh, with Montepulciano. You can just cool pretend it. it's like you're having a little cantucci biscuits and you dip them in the wine. Just do the same thing. You could dip your pandemorti in your Montepulciano, you Giovanni. You, exactly. you got to, even though that's more for coffee. But the thing is, guys, and for me, that's why I said fava beans, because my brother liked them. If I'm wanting to entice and see someone I loved, I don't want to give them fucking cheap biscuits. <laughs> I'm going to make them <laughs> I agree, the best actually, food I can. Get... You're not going to win. You don't want to offend your loved ones. You want to make them a banquet. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to have fun. I'm not going to see them again for at least a year or whatever. And so, <laughs> right. man, let me get the stuff that they like the most. Informally, like this, well, like the collaborate thing where you put the, 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 which I didn't know, you put the table over the tomb. Man, that that's would be a really kick. Cool. Like, hey, that's Paul, just really cool. Good to see you. And then give a nice really big awesome. flask of wine. Yeah. yeah, I've heard. I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that there is a similar tradition in um, in Venice that some some people who who some people hold celebrations at um, San Miguel which is the island oh, really? where the cemetery is. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but I, I read I read about it somewhere and I thought that would be such a really cool way to spend uh, All Saints Day is by having a, having a feast in the uh, cemetery in Venice. That would be really mm-hmm. neat. Now, when you're, when, you're, cool. when you're mentioning before that. about, um, when you're mentioning about uh, New Orleans mm-hmm. and people, so people would go to the grave sites mm-hmm. and have parties and feasts there for Picnics mostly. Picnics? They wouldn't, they wouldn't go at night. But they they would go in the in the daytime because they were what they were doing is they were washing whitewashing the graves. They would have to mm-hmm. use um, lime, a type of lime, not lime the fruit, but you know the the, the yeah. chemical. Yeah, I know what you mean. And yeah. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't they, you wouldn't want to go at night either. Also, you know they were very Catholic and they believed that the spirits were were out you know in the evening time. So, but yeah, the daytime was the time to go and clean the clean the graves, and that's when you would have a, a picnic with your family at the at the grave of your of your beloved deceased cool mm-hmm. if i'm very lucky and make i would love to actually spend the second of the first and second of november there doing exactly that i would agree to you i could say i could that see you enjoying a bottle of Montepulciano quite happily <laughs> no if i'm in venice i'm gonna get i'm gonna drink local wine did you want to talk about biscotti toto or no yes because you made it i did I did. I was very proud of myself. Followed the followed the recipe exactly. It was very simple. It was just a flour mixed with um, unsweetened cocoa, sugar, baking powder, a little bit of salt, a um, little bit of oil or butter, and then you just mix it together and you form a. I can't really describe it. The 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 dough or the it probably is more like a dough. The consistency was a lot like when you make fudge. Like you mix oh, it together really? and it was really thick. Like you, like I, I ended up kneading it with my hands, but the, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a bread 
texture and it wasn't like a cake batter. It really was, it reminded me of, of how um, when you're making chocolate fudge and it really, it, it's kind of thick, but it doesn't really stick. I don't know how to describe it, but um, yeah, the texture was like fudge. And then, so what you do is you make your, you make your dough basically, and then you roll it into little balls and then you bake them for about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. I baked mine at 350 and then you let them cool off and then you make the chocolate glaze, which is unsweetened cocoa, sugar, and water, and you mix it together. It's like mm. making ganache. And you let oh. it thicken, and then you let it cool a little bit, and then you dunk the little chocolate cookies into that, and you just roll them around so that they get covered all over. And then you, what you do is you put them on a plate, and you let them chill and harden in the refrigerator. I, um, My friend, uh, Allie, my other podcast partner, besides you guys, she is uh, actually from Italy, and she said that that's how they're made in um, Naples, where her family is from. They make them and then they put them in the refrigerator to chill. Very neat. And then so, you make so it with the very darkest chocolate that you can because, you know, you're you're trying to kind of it, – it's it's in honor of the dead. So we think of the color black when we mm -hmm. think of the dead. So – but it's also so turn, the bitter – the bitter chocolate is – she said is, is considered very traditional, at least where she's from in Italy. Because um, so, it's kind of a, the contrast of the bitter chocolate with the sweet sugar. So, you know, the bitterness – and sweetness of life and death, which I kind of like that idea. I like that too. Mm -hmm. So, so, so it's, so in terms of a dessert, it's, would you say that, I mean, it has the, the ganache on top, which is going to probably be sweet, mm -hmm. right? It's going to be a sweet chocolatey ganache yeah. as you're, as you're eating it. Does it, does it taste like fudge or what's, what's the taste of it? You know what it actually reminds me of? It don't laugh. It reminds me of, um, of a chocolate donut hole that you would get at Dunkin' Donuts. It's like a thick, Seriously. it's like a cake texture in a way. Almost like a cake pop mm -hmm. type of thing? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. But they're not really That's sweet. Really... The sweetness comes from the glaze or the ganache. Mm -hmm. You don't put that much sugar into the the uh, the biscotte toto itself. So the biscotte is going to be a little bitter, but you're going to get mm -hmm. the sweetness of the covering itself. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of sweet, a little bit of bitterness. Kind of like very, life very itself. Neat. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Can you put, do you have the link? Do you have the link to the recipe? Because we could put it in here and I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. I do. Hold on one second. Actually, it'd be kind of nice just to have them right now. It sounds really good. <laughs> With some good, strong coffee. Oh, yeah. So when you were mentioning before about uh, uh, Pani de uh, Morti and that being a coffee type of thing, Giovanni. So... People would eat this in, in the in the in the morning, or they. No, this is a racist thing for me, Andy. It's it, it tastes like Lombardy, like like the Lombardian countryside. It's it's just gray and cloudy, and <laughs> it's not as it's not really. You know, it's, it's not there. sunny and wonderful it. like think, the south. I think it would be kind of like the equivalency of our 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 Christmas pudding thing, which you know you buy it and it goes around. 85 years or so from one house to the other no one actually opens it up instead here i'm sure they buy the cookies but i don't think i've ever seen anybody actually eating them instead of resending them i think they just throw them out uh, or use them for compost they're, they're like thank you <laughs> they're really not very good no they're good no they're not and maybe if you have a lot of you just of said that biscotti toto are not good Oops. is that what you said giovanni no, 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 biscot, no, no, pandemorti. No, we're talking about Lombardia. No, your stuff is awesome. No, we're talking about the, we're talking about, we're talking about the bread. No. 
No, no, I, I want, I would oh, like I to have, I'm pretty well, sure. I'm telling you, just dip it in, dip it in your red wine and you're good to go. As well. <laughs> nah, not that good. You, you need, that's just, they're just gnarly. I, I don't like them. <laughs> they're just gnarly. Lombardis, Lombardis, Lombardis. There, that's a proper sweet. That we this can is see a on proper screen, sweet. Which can, and and this is our proper sweet, which you can have they with are, a lovely cup sound. of coffee or wine, but it's more oh, coffee absolutely. thing. Absolutely. The, the, the Pan de Morti Lombardis, you know, it's winter. It's, you almost can smell the the the, the fog coming in because it used to be very foggy in, in the north. Yeah, to me, the almond cookies and what Vanessa made, I would indulge in that all afternoon with coffee and be deliriously happy. Yeah, plus, you know, imagine it's Naples, you've got the sea. It's winter, but winter's still, you know, 15 degrees, 20 degrees, I'm sorry, uh, 60s, 50s, 60s, yeah. 60s. So it's lovely. And ah, in Lombardia, you get, man, it's got a. It's cold fog. up here, man. It's gray. <laughs> Can't see a freaking thing. It used to be, because remember, it used to be really foggy in, in, in Lombardia. When you get, I mean, really, really bad fog, you can't see anything. Literally, you can't see in front of you. And man, I'm thinking somewhere from the south coming up north. When you go from those suites in Naples to Pandimorti. <laughs> exactly. Get me home. <laughs> They're like, pass the wine, please. I got to down this stuff. Right? Can you please have my cookies back. That would be a funny, that would be a funny skit at Halloween. You've got the Naples guy that, that goes up north and then eats some Pandimorti and dies. On the first of November, <laughs> but then on the second of November, you get to wake up because he's from there, and they're having a party. And then he comes and man's cookies, and oh god, hey. how much I missed good food! Thank you, thank you, thank you for my cookies. Thank, thank you. you, and sunshine and the sea. There's the sea and my wine. And then it, and then at the end you say Lombardia. Yeah. Well, go on. You're closing. In closing. It's been it's been fun talking about All Souls Day and All Saints Day with you both. Thank you. And Giovanni's penne. Penne. Giovanni's penne. Exactly. <laughs> Vanessa, enjoy your cookies with your friends. Oh, I will. Thank you. And you guys enjoy your penne. <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and Thank don't put any cats inside pumpkins either. No, no cats and pumpkins, please. However, it is that's, very a, that's my public I'm... service announcement for the day. Don't put kitties <laughs> in pumpkins. 